following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's an honor to be in church with you today. It's an honor to pray over these kids, really. It's a highlight of of what I get to do because this generation, listen, they're gonna be sitting in these pews and it won't be long. They're gonna be leading this church. They're gonna be leading our community. And it's because of what you're putting in them right now. So kudos to all the moms and the dads, the teachers, the administrators that that work so hard to, to fill our kids with wisdom and knowledge and the grace of God in their life. And as many of you um, have recognized, Pastor Johnson is not here today. Uh, He is actually speaking in Snyder, Texas. Many many of you know Pastor Reed Johnson uh, just took a position to be the lead pastor, yeah, in Snyder. And today is the 65th church anniversary, and Pastor Reed asked uh, Pastor Johnson to come speak at that service. So that's where he's at. Pastor Johnson watched the first service online. You you know our pastor, he can't stay away. Even when he is away, he can't stay away. That's just how our pastor is. We love him and we honor him today um, and hope for and pray for safe travels as they make it back into Austin this evening. But I want to dive into uh, the, we're wrapping up a series that we've been talking about called There Is More. And I want to open the series by sharing with you a video of something that happened to me just a few weeks ago. Um, Y'all, you can't make this stuff up. Like literally, I couldn't come up with this if I tried. This was so awesome. And it brought me so much joy. It takes a lot. I'm not proud of this. It takes a lot for me to just really belly laugh. Like it has to be the right thing. And really, most of the time, it's not what most people find funny. I find weird things funny. Y'all, I was in tears this happened to us. Uh, Pastor Philip and I were on an airplane. He's doing part of the videoing here. You'll see in just a second. But in the middle, in the middle of our airplane ride, we were in the middle of the air. And it lasted from the middle all the way till the end. And I want to give you a snippet of what happened. Check this out. Y'all, and you can't get how loud it was because we were on an airplane. This was at the top of his lungs, screaming, singing a song. At one point, he takes the batteries out of his Walkman, and he just, he leans back. I mean, it looked like he pitched in the major leagues, and in the seat back in front of him, where the throw-up bucket thing is, you know, they're right there, whack! I mean, it just, the battery just bounces. He grabs the other one, just whack! I don't know what was going on in his world, but I got a lot of joy <laughs> out of this moment that happened in the middle of our airplane ride. But here's what, uh, here, here's what I know, that most of the time when we're in the middle of it, whatever it is for you, you've been there, you've been in the middle of it, most of the time when we're in the middle of it, it's not so joyous. Sometimes in the middle, there's not a whole lot of laughter, and in fact, the disciples found themselves right in the middle of it in Mark chapter 4, and they found out pretty quickly that fear can be found in the middle, and they're in the middle of a storm, and they're afraid for their lives, and what do they do? When you're scared for your life, you go wake up Jesus. But they also found that in the middle of this storm, 
That there can be a power that is unleashed in the middle of a storm because when Jesus came on the scene, they also found out that when he speaks, the winds have to die down and the waves have to calm down because there's power sometimes in the middle of a storm. And then let's fast forward a bit to John chapter 20 after the death of Jesus and before his ascension right in the middle Thomas finds himself separated from the other disciples and Jesus would appear to this other group of disciples. And after appearing, these disciples are like, we got to get together and tell Thomas what's going on. And so they're, they're telling Thomas what's going on right here in the middle between his death and his ascension. And what does Thomas say? Thomas says, I'm not going to believe that unless I see the nail wounds in his hand. And here's what he discovered what many of you discover that when, when we're in the middle of it, sometimes doubt is found in the middle. And I don't know what storm you find yourself in. It may be uh, no, no clouds in the sky. There may not be rain in the forecast in your life, but I'm wise enough to understand today that many of you have walked into this space and you're standing right in the middle of the most difficult season that you've ever walked in. I don't know what it looks like for you. I can't put a finger on it and tell you what that looks like, but I know, and this is not prophetic, this is just wisdom, that in a group of people this size, that some of you in this place are right smack dab in the middle of a season of life that you never dreamed possible. Maybe you're in the middle of a marriage crisis and you have all intents to leave this evening unless God does something drastic and changes something in your marriage. Can I tell you today that God's got something for you right in the middle of a marriage that's falling apart? Perhaps some of you are right in the middle of a medical diagnosis and all you can do is dwell on the negative outcomes. Can I tell you today that there is one that I'm preaching about that has more for you in the middle of your worst nightmare, in the middle of a diagnosis that you never saw coming. Come on, I know that there's some of you in the room today who are standing in the middle of the greatest addiction battle that you have ever faced in your life, and you're literally standing at the tipping point and if you have the strength that you need to make it through today, then you might just be able to make it. But if you give in one more time, that this whole thing could spiral out of control to a point where you're not sure you'll ever get it back. Can I tell you that the one that I'm preaching about today has more for you in the middle of your trial and your situation than what you ever dreamed possible. And today is not the day to quit. Today is not the day to throw in the towel, to give up. Today is the day to say, all right, I know I'm in the middle of it, but if you're with me, I can make it. High five your neighbor and tell them there's more in the middle. High five your other neighbor, tell them, come on, there's more in the middle. And I want to draw your attention now for the rest of our time together today to John chapter 4, where we're given and introduced to a moment, just a moment, a snapshot in the life of an unnamed woman. And as we pick the story up, we see that the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, 
They're beginning to recognize that Jesus' ministry is gaining some major momentum. They're, they're baptizing people like crazy, and there starts to be this uneasiness in the land, and Jesus senses and feels this tension, and so he looks to those who are closest to him, and he says, hey, hey, fellas, it's time to pack up. We got to get out of Judea. We got to head back to Galilee, and this is where the story picks up. As they are headed to Galilee, this is what Jesus would say, but we got to first go through Samaria. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. What time? Noontime. Right in the middle of the day. And soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, hey, please, can can I have a drink of water? I got a Yeti cup. I need you to fill this up. (laughs) He was alone. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Can I detour for a moment and tell you that I understand sometimes in the middle, you feel alone. That when you're in the middle at noontime, perhaps in your day, that you feel alone. But could it be that some of the people that were with you up until this point of the journey don't have what it takes to continue with you because they don't see the heart behind what you're doing? You're not with me yet, but you're going to get with me in just a second. They had already tried to shut up blind Bartimaeus as he sat by the highway begging. He's too loud. He's embarrassing us. What's going on? This is not good for our image. He's making too much noise. And, And what about the woman who came to Jesus crying after her daughter? They said, send her away for she crieth after us. Who talks like that? See, these disciples would have messed up the mission that Jesus was trying to have take place here because they didn't understand the reason behind the mission. They could see the external, but Jesus wasn't worried about what you thought or what you thought. Jesus was on a mission, and he says, listen, I know you might not be able to go with me on this journey, fellas, so why don't y'all go to town and just get some lunch because I know y'all like to eat. And I'm going to stay here and do what I got to do. Can I just tell you, sometimes in life, you just got to have one of those moments. And I don't know, I don't have a great way to call it. So here's what I call You got to have one of those by Felicia moments. <laughs> Bye. You don't know what God's called me to do. You don't understand the purpose that God has placed inside of me. And all you're going to do is mess up my mission if you keep staying with me along the journey. Sometimes feel alone in the middle. And as we wrap up our series, there is more. I want to share with you today where more can be found. Where can I find this more that we're preaching of over the last several weeks? And if you're taking notes, here's, here's what I want you to write down. More can be found in divine appointments. So at noontime, Jesus asks this woman for a drink. 
And I love this. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She says to Jesus, you're a Jew. Like Jesus doesn't know this. That's what makes me laugh, right? And I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? And you have to understand that for Jesus to even make the statement that we've got to go through Samaria would have been very surprising, especially to his disciples. It would have been startling. Wait, what? We're going to go where? Wait, what? No, we've got to go to Galilee, not Samaria. No, 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 we're going to Samaria. What? what? Samaria? Yeah, 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 Samaria. i got to go to Samaria. This is how I picture it all going down. And so we're left with the glaring question of why is this Jewish teacher heading straight towards Samaria? Because Samaria was a place that most Jews would have avoided at all costs. In fact, the Samaritan people were not respected as legitimate believers in the first place. They got mixed up in some weird thought processes and practices, and and the Jews were so offended by it that they began to separate themselves from this group of people in Samaria. And so the mindset of the day would have been that Samaritans in general would have been unbelievably unclean and off limits, but a Samaritan woman, that's a whole nother level. No, 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 you don't approach, you don't talk. No, 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 no. This is, this is totally culturally unacceptable. And knowing all of this, Jesus still says, hey, fellas, y'all go get some lunch. I'm going to Samaria. Y'all meet me there. I know, I know you don't understand it. I know it's culturally unacceptable, but I got to go to Samaria. So that's exactly what Jesus does. In fact, (laughs) let me kind of paraphrase the way that I feel like Jesus would be telling his disciples. See, what you have to understand, disciples, is that I'm going out of my way to get to a group of people that everyone else has rejected, including you, oh, spiritual disciples. And just because, disciples, you haven't included them in your agenda and in your plan doesn't mean that I still don't have a purpose and a plan for their life. And not only, let me just keep going, disciples. I'm not done. Not only are they important enough that I have added them to my iCal That's an iPhone. He didn't have one of those. And not only have I included them in my itinerary, but let me tell you what else I'm going to do, oh, disciples. I'm going to go sit by Jacob's well so that I can have an encounter with one person. Y'all go get some lunch, boys. Just go get whatever you want. I love Jesus. Come on. You know what makes me, just fires me up? Because if it were me, I would have met with a high-ranking spiritual authority. That's who I want to meet with. If I'm going to go there, I'm going to talk to the the biggest, the baddest. Let's go. Or the the highest-ranking political official of the day. But that's not what Jesus chooses to do. Boys, y'all go get some lunch. 
I've got an appointment with an unclean woman that doesn't even have a name to us. She's not even, her name's not listed in the word of God. A woman of Sychar who finds herself in the middle of a situation. That's the beauty of it. She didn't even know she had an appointment. She, she didn't know that there was an appointment on her iCal. I know that I, I'm going back to Galilee and it's been a long journey from Judea, but I've got to keep an appointment because there is someone that I know and he, she, she's right in the middle of it. But, but what I love about her, guys, is that, that she just, every day at noon, she keeps putting one foot in front of the other and she keeps drawing water from a well every single day in the middle of it. I know where she's gonna be. I know when she's gonna be there. She don't know that I'm gonna be there, but I'm gonna meet her because she's in the middle. And I don't know what you're in the middle of today. I don't have a clue, but I do have, I do have a feeling that when you least expect it, there does, there's a divine appointment that is ready to meet. See, some of you don't even know why you're in church today, and you think it's an accident that you're in church today. You're here because of her. You're here because of him. You're here because you think this is a cool thing that me and my family need to do. We need to, to put on the appearance that we go to church. Right? You, you, don't, you don't even know why you're here. Can I tell you that you just might be here because there is one who had an appointment on his iCal from the foundation who said, on this Sunday, I know that there's going to be one of my children who is going to walk into a church, and I've got a divine appointment set up to meet them right where they are an encounter <laughs> that might change everything for you and you weren't even expecting anything to change you thought it was good the way it is now can I tell you there is more there's more for you and Jesus back to the story asks her for a drink she fires back I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replies, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't even have a rope or a bucket. And this well is deep, yo. Why would you, where are you going to get this living water? Besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his livestock had been enjoying forever? And Jesus replies, anyone, I love Jesus, he just diffuses it. Anyone who drinks this water will become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, she changes her tune. When Jesus speaks, we tend to change our tune if we know what's best for us. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water so that I'll never be thirsty again and I'll never have to come back here to get water. 
which makes me believe that she didn't enjoy drawing water from that well. Point number two, if you're taking notes, where can more be found? More can be found in the low points of your life. Let's look more closely at this unnamed woman of Sychar. And sure, in this day and age, it would have been very culturally unacceptable for Jesus to converse with her. But I want to add a little more drama to the story. The fact that she was even drawing water herself in the first place infers that she's living in some level of poverty. Because in this day, if you had any means at all, you would have had somebody that would draw water for you. And so then the question arises, if she is going to draw water, why is she headed to the well at noon in the heat of the day? Because this would have been culturally unacceptable as well. Because people drew water from the well early in the morning. It was the first thing that they would do before the sun really got up and before things really got hot. So people were not drawing water from the well at noon. This is just not what they did. And to do that would infer that there was some type of social dysfunction present of either not being allowed or not desiring to draw water with everyone else at the most reasonable time of the day. And as we continue, I think we'll have a little insight as, in, as to why this might be the case. Verse 16, Jesus makes this statement. He says, excuse me, ma'am, can you go get your husband? Um, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one that you're uh, living with now, he's not your husband either. Crickets. And I don't pretend, listen, I don't stand here in a place of judgment. I don't know anything about this lady's life. I don't know what she's walked through, but I do know this, that the more relationships that you're involved in, the more baggage that you tend to acquire along the way. It's just, just the way it works. And we're not even talking about regular relationships. We're talking about marriage. Imagine, imagine this, this many failed marriages, the baggage that you would acquire along the way. We're talking five, five failed marriages, and she's living with numero seis. That's all the Spanish I know. <laughs> but what happened? What, what, what were the cause of these, these failed marriages? Why, why did she have five and living with the sixth? I don't know the answers for sure. Was she a victim? Maybe. I don't know. Was she a teen bride that maybe had been widowed? All my millennials will catch this. Was she just thirsty? I don't know. <laughs> and I know we're laughing, but either way, listen, either way, no matter what it was, whether it was uh, self-inflicted or in inflicted by others or some combination of the two. I think what we find here is that this woman had a wound. And what we see here is a woman who is wounded at the well. And I have a feeling that it's these very wounds 
that made her not want to be seen by the other women in the morning to draw her water. Because when there's wounds involved, come on, let's, let's be honest for a moment. When wounds are involved, sometimes being seen is extremely painful, even if it's the very thing that we desire. And my gut tells me that this was not, this was not a mountaintop moment in her life. But she's in the middle of it, and I think that if we could talk to her now, that she would tell us, in fact, that this was actually probably a very low point in her life. Perhaps you find yourself in a similar season of life, that you are right in the middle of a low point. There's hills, there's valleys, there's mountains, and you're right down in the lowest point that you have ever been in your life. And Jesus, Jesus would say that I am the living water. Here's what I know about water. That it doesn't matter whether it's falling like rain from the sky or if it's being poured from a cup. When water hits the earth, water always finds the lowest point. And, and if water that hits the earth from rain or from you pouring your drink out on the side of the road hits the earth and it finds the lowest point. Can I just preach to you for a moment and let you know that the living water that is Christ Jesus will flow to the lowest point of your life. It doesn't matter what your situation looks like. It doesn't matter how hopeless you think you are. It doesn't matter if nobody else can see you. Nobody knows your name. I've come to tell you today, there's some good news on the horizon because the living water that is Christ Jesus will flow and find you at your lowest point and reach you right where you are, even if you're invisible to everyone else. He sees you, he knows you, he knows what's going on, he cares. There's more for you and you're low. If you're taking notes, here's the third one. Where can we find more? More can be found when we let go. More can be found when we let go. Verse 27 would say it this way. <laughs> Just then the disciples came back. Man, they must have been at the buffet. <laughs> they were shocked. Of course they were. To find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? And at that moment, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. She left, listen, she left the very thing that she came in carrying. She came in carrying a water pail and after an encounter with the living water. She leaves the one thing that she had in her possession at that moment. The thing that, that would sustain her through the day. She leaves it beside the well and goes back to the village. 
And Jesus, Jesus would say this. This is how I picture it all going. I know what you came in here carrying. And see, along the journey of life with with five failed marriages and living with numero seis, you pick up a lot of stuff and put it in your bucket along the journey. There's guilt that you put in your bucket. There's shame. There's feelings of of why me? What's wrong with me? How come this isn't happening to everybody else? Why do I find myself in this situation and it seems so good for everybody else? There's frustration. There's anger. There's issues of self-worth. Nobody loves me. I can't even get my husband to stay with. What in the world is happening? What's wrong with me? And along the journey, we acquire so much stuff in our buckets. And Jesus, Jesus says, listen, I know along the journey, you've been carrying a bucket and what you've been carrying has been weighing you down. But here's what I want you to understand, unnamed woman of Sychar, that while you've been weighted down along the journey, I've been sitting at a well waiting on you. You've been weighted down and I've been sitting down waiting on you because there is a divine appointment in my schedule. And I know that some of the stuff that you've been carrying has not happened because of your own volition. But here's what I want you to do, ma'am. If you'll you'll do me a favor, would you stand with me? Not the ma'am, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding here. If you'll just, if you'll just leave what you walked in carrying, because here's, here's what the water pail represents for all of us. It's the thing that we thought that would quench our thirst along the journey. See, we've been trying to quench our thirst with a whole lot of stuff with a lot of things. We we think this is where it's at. This is what I have. So we hold on tight to it. And after an encounter with Jesus, She sets down everything that she has walked in carrying. And here's what I would ask of you today. Listen, we're going to open these altars in just a moment because I'm no fool. I know that there's many of us in this moment who have walked in here carrying a lot of stuff. You've walked in carrying shame. You've walked in carrying depression. You've walked in carrying guilt. You've walked in carrying frustration failed marriages after marriages and relationships and self-worth issues of nobody even sees me, nobody even cares about me. I've got news for you today. There is more for you right in the middle of your situation. Right in the middle of your junk, there is more for you. There is one who will say this, listen, If you'll leave what you walked in here carrying, here's all I need you to do, just leave it right there. And as you leave, I need you to reach down and instead of picking that back up, pick up a little bit of faith along the journey to believe that I am who I say I am that I am the living water, that I am everything that you need, that only I can sustain you. This won't quench, listen, listen, this won't quench your thirst anymore after an encounter 
with the living water. This will never do it. This will leave you dissatisfied time and time and time again, but only the water that flows from Christ Jesus will be able to sustain you for where he wants to take you. And so today, as we wrap this series up, I wish, here's what I want. If you're going through it today, if you're right in the middle, I want you to slip your hand heavenward right now. Come on, nobody looking around. We're not, we're not worried about other people. This is bigger than that. God, I need a touch from you right now. Hands all across this place. Listen, here's what I want. I'm going to pray for you. But here's what I want you to do. You got to let some things go today. There's more for you found when you let it go. You let that stuff go and you just begin to gather faith in this house. And as I pray, I want you to just begin to declare that, Lord, you are who you say you are. You are my savior. You are my provider. You are my healer. You are my restorer. I don't know what your it is, but he is all you need for your it. So with your hands stretched forward, Lord, right now, God, I thank you for every individual right now who is in the middle of it. God, there's more for us in the middle in this moment when we don't feel noticed, when we don't feel cared about, when we're not even sure you see us. Lord, you have scheduled a divine appointment for this moment. We didn't know it was gonna happen today, but you showed up in a real and a tangible way and you're working in our hearts right now. That shame would be gone, that guilt would leave, that addiction would fall by the wayside, that marriages in this moment would begin to be restored, that favor would fall upon this house. Let it be. Let it be. In Jesus' name. Not because of who we are, but because of who you are. You are the living water, and we believe you are who you say you are. And you are all we need. You are the only thing that can sustain us moving forward. That other stuff was just meeting our needs, but you are the solution to our problem. Bless us. Bless us in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody put your hands together like you have faith that he is who he says he is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.